this against Joe Biden, suggesting that people should vote for him because of it. They also are looking at uh, the fact that Wind up killing Alton Sterling. But if you had true community policing, 
those police officers would have known who Alton Sterling was. He's been there for three years. They would have walked up and said, Out, come here. Somebody said, You have a gun. You have a gun. Alton, he'd still be alive today. But because they didn't know him, they approached him and said, If you move, I will blow your effing brains out, so help me God. And so you have to make police officers get out of their cars, get to know people in the community. So you had hundreds of millions of dollars in there um, for that. And so what happened? Uh, Democrats lost the House Bill Gingrich contract with America, and they gutted all of the good provisions from the crime bill. They left the bad provisions. Then this is the part that's key, and this is where Kamala Harris comes in and making sure that we have district attorneys and prosecutors around this country that uh, will do justice and love mercy. And so prosecutors would give prosecutors would give white kids diversion and drug courts and they would give black kids plea bargains. In fact, they would overcharge them. They'd charge them with 10 counts and just say, well, plead to this one count and we'll give you probation or you only have to do a couple years. And then they have a criminal record. Now, they can't get Pell Grants for college. They can't get public housing. They can't get a bunch of licenses in different states to legitimately do work all because they have a conviction and so our plan now holds prosecutors accountable because we learned from the past that DAs have far too much power and there's far too much systematic racism in there even with DAs who you know don't even realize it because I was a criminal defense attorney for 20 years and oftentimes this is how it goes mother comes to meet with me and you look you can look in her eyes you can look at the kid's eyes and you can tell he made a boneheaded decision but clearly black mama got his mind right and then I go to the DA and I say look he's a good kid his mother you know let's try to do something different let's not give this kid a conviction right and the question is generally well does he have a stable home environment well that's a trick question because in the DA's mind, stable home environment means a two-family home. Well, a lot of our kids don't have a two-family home, but that black mother is all they need and it may be all they have, but it's good. And so judges and prosecutors wouldn't take a chance on our young black boys because they were afraid that something would happen and their careers would be ruined. And so that systematic racism uh, really exacerbated the discrimination in the criminal justice system. And so that's where we found ourselves, and that's what we have to correct. correct. Uh, President Obama yeah. did a pretty good job when he was in. They, they released uh, 38,000 people were released from federal prison while they were in office. So that's 38,000 out of 200,000 people that are in federal prison. Another million people that are incarcerated in this country come from state and local prisons on state crimes. And so, you know, we have a lot of work to do, and we're going to have to incentivize states to rethink 
their criminal justice policy so that you stop locking people up for substance abuse uh, issues and that if you're going to have drug courts and things like that, then African-American, uh, African-Americans should have the same access to it. You can't only give second chances to affluent people or to uh, white people. I mean, it's just, it, it will not work that way. And so we're going to break down all of those things and the criminal justice system. So look, you know, that's a long answer to the fact that the crime bill was used uh, to do some bad things, and we recognize that, and we're going to make sure that that never happens. And, and, and let me say to you, it really wasn't a long answer, because remember what I said is, let's unpack it. Let's unpack it because it was, an, and your explanation, in my opinion, was solid piece by piece. Um, and I've heard Joe Biden say that, one, what, this is what I heard somebody say. I think it was Biden. It may have been somebody else. But you just repeated it. And that is some of the abuses that took place primarily was on the local and state level. Not, not the not the federal level am, am, am I right that that, uh, that it's how the local and state folk in your district and when I lived in Detroit in Ohio it's how it's how they saw it and how they in, interpreted and, and applied uh, am I accurate in that no you are and look the, the, the local thought on the legislation and newfound power that they had was that they thought the answer to bringing crime down was to lock everybody up. And what they did was that they destroyed a lot of black families. And, and so now we walk into the whole prison industrial complex, which, you know, this is why it's significant. And, and part of why I think it's important to acknowledge that you understand what happened and why it's significant because you can't fix a problem if you don't understand it. So here's what happened. Black men were removed from the home. Fathers were removed from the home. And then for that father who tried to keep a relationship with either his his wife, his mother, his children. Right. Remember, phone calls were $3 a minute. Right. Oh, how I will. Um, I, got, I got those calls from my my nephew who was in prison in Ohio because I So he removed the black man from the household and from his family. And young black men 
needs that relationship with their father, and especially the father that has made a mistake. Because in my entire life of practicing criminal law and being a black man, I don't know too many men that call from jail and tell their sons, yeah, you should do exactly what I did so you can wind up in jail. Right. The conversation usually goes, look, do not make the same mistakes I made. Right. You don't right. want to be in here. You don't want people telling you when to turn your light on and off. You don't want people telling you when you go to bed, what you watch on TV. That's generally how that conversation goes. But African-American men couldn't have that conversation because of the cost of the phone calls. And one thing I've always advocated is that, you know, our young black males may see, you know, street heroes or, or, or street legends go to jail. And sometimes it, it's glorified. But they put him in jail so long that by the time that person comes home, people either don't remember him, so he can't even give young people the benefit of his knowledge because he's been gone so long. And so the, the system is overly punitive and less about rehabilitation. So uh, we're going to get that right. So the new the new uh, plan has in there that we will have pattern and practice investigations on prosecutors' office. If we see systematic racism, if we see discrimination, if we see unconstitutional decisions being made, if you're treating black uh, defendants and white defendants differently, then we're going to step in and make sure that we do the same thing we do with police. We're going to make sure that no one goes to jail for substance abuse problems. So I think that, and I know you've had Bobby Scott on before, but we start our criminal justice reform plan with uh, Bobby Scott's bill, uh, which was the platinum standard. But we take we take Bobby Scott's bill, and we go even further than that. So um, you know, but it's important. And look, it's a conversation that should be having. Um, but I'll tell you this for. Donald Trump to go around and said he did something on criminal justice reform is just not true. I was in the room when we got this uh, last bill done, and that was done with Hakeem Jeffries, uh, Doug Collins, and a few small people, and then we got it over to the Senate with uh, Booker and Kamala made it a much better bill. So now I'm going to go back. I made notes. Drug court. 94 bill. These are the good things. Violence against women in the 94 bill. The pattern and practice. Consent decrees with a lot of police now one out from under. Conversion. Drug courts. All that was in the bill. Newt Gingrich comes in and a lot of young blacks who are voting for the first time don't remember Newt Gingrich and that contract on America. So what I heard you say, just so there's no
three strikes you out was also in the crime bill. Yeah. Three strikes you out is, is a disaster. Yes. And yes. The DA used three strikes you out to sentence people. You know, we just got a guy that came home who his third conviction was stealing hedge clippers. He spent 20 years in jail. For stealing hedge clippers, right. For stealing hedge clippers. And those abuses, uh, the bill allowed for it, which was a mistake, and Biden says that that was a mistake. He didn't like three strikes out either. Um, but DAs have abused it so much. And so that's why we want to make sure that we have the ability to go uh, look at DAs' offices with their patterns and their practices to make sure that they are not to stop them from abusing the system. And so uh, I didn't want, you know, I want to make sure that we talk about all the bad stuff that was in it. But Three Strikes Out was the worst uh, tool to ever give DAs because they absolutely abused it. Yes. And it has led to very long sentences that should not and should never have happened. In almost every state in the country. Let me move quickly, if you don't mind, to this and this discussion with ice cube. People are confused. You have this manifesto, as they call it, this contract. And I remember going over in detail and these ten items. And I said at the time, and I think I had Tom Perez on. that Ice Cube wanted, the, the Democratic Party had, had, had already put it in legislative form and maybe even more, and it gets blocked in the, in the Senate. It gets, it, it's killed over in the Senate. It doesn't even get voted on. Um, then Ice Cube came back and said, well, I talked with the Democrats, and they blew me off. What what's what's the did that happen? What was what's the real story behind the, the headlines? Well, let me be crystal clear. That did not happen. Uh, I met with Ice Cube. I mean, we we had a Zoom call. So I'm not telling you what other people did. I'm telling you what I did. And uh, Simone Sanders, who's a senior advisor on the campaign, uh, and a few others. So. But we also had an earlier call with D.L. Hughley, Chris Paul, Kenny Smith, Snoop, Jeezy, all of them. And we did the exact same thing. We talked to them about things that they would like to see. We talked to them about our plan, see what their thoughts were. And we, we took notes. We changed our plan where we needed to change it. We added stuff if we didn't have it in there. And we did the exact same thing with... Ice Cube. Um, Ice Cube has his Black Agenda um, uh, contract uh, with the Black community. It's it's a good foundation for a plan. I mean, it's it's very broad. But what we did was to give him examples of where we are and our plan. So, for example, one of the biggest issues facing African-Americans in this country is black maternal health. 
he doesn't touch on it. And so we went through the process of saying, for example, he said, we need equitable school funding. And we said, you're absolutely right. That's why we increased Title I funding by $23 billion in the beginning of our administration, because we want to make sure that school districts that don't have the same tax base as affluent school districts have the money to invest in their children also. So we said, Cube, you're right on track with this. So this is what we do, $23 billion right off the bat. This is what we do for our HBCUs. This is what we do to reduce uh, student loan debt. This is how we're gonna make HBCUs and public universities free for people who make under 125,000. And then the next plank was, we need to help black entrepreneurs. We said, you're exactly right. That's why we create a fund with $30 billion in it for black entrepreneurship, which that 30 billion, we will leverage five to one. So we're gonna have $150 billion for black entrepreneurship because we know that access to capital is a challenge in the African-American community. And then we went into wealth building. We know that owning a home is a game changer for black people and any person really. But we're gonna have basically give $15,000 for closing costs and down payment for first time home buyers because that way children wanna go to an Ivy League school, children wanna go to Morehouse, which is expensive. You can take some of the equity out of your home. If you wanna start a business, you can take some of the equity out of your home if you're buying a home. So. We went down our entire list, and look, our agenda is, you know, 50-something pages, and it is comprehensive. And so the real conversation, and, and look, I'm not, I like the fact that Ice Cube is getting engaged in policy. And right. I think that right. that is a, a good thing. Right. Uh, however, once you embark on getting into it, one, you have to be... Yes. 
what does that do to change the lives of black people that are being discriminated against, that are fighting like heck to keep a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and food on the table? Does nothing. Then he says he wants to do policing reform. If you want to do policing reform, form, pick up the phone, call Mitch McConnell, your guy in the Senate, and tell him to pass the George Floyd Act, which we passed in the House, if you want to do police reform. You know, if you have to touch on the Voting Rights Act, which I'm not sure Max Plan did or did not, but we have a voting rights bill waiting in the Senate that Mitch McConnell won't bring up. So for Trump to even say that he has any desire to do something for the black community, just pick up the phone and call Mitch McConnell and tell him to stop blocking all of the progressive bills we have that would help the black community. And so I just think that Donald Trump is a kind man. He's always been a kind man. And I think that he has, you know, characterized Ice Cube's presentation of his plan, of Ice Cube's plan, as an endorsement of Trump's ineffective plan that he presented. And so that's just where we find ourselves. But, you know, there have been a bunch of African-American males that are engaged in, and I am so proud of our black athletes for reclaiming their power. And so they shut down the NBA playoffs for a day because they're tired of systematic racism and the violence that police, uh, some police, upon the community and so the real message is we should follow the lead of those NBA players and Colin Kaepernick and go protest with our vote and make sure that we uh, change the system but you know because that's our power but watching these African American athletes and actors and entertainers and all of that start to use their voice is a really good thing for our community well like, like one of the mantras of my show Congressman uh, you, had, you had to ask yourself, what am I going to do about it? Because <clears throat> everybody can do something. And that's, that's, look yourself in the mirror, look in the mirror and say, what am I going to do about it? Not Richmond or Madison or, you know, Sherry or, or LeBron, but what am I going to do about it? Um, I hope we can invite you back because, I, like I said, I wanted to have this discussion I wanted to unpack this um, 1994 crime bill discussion because a lot of people, and I am like you, I'm glad they're thinking and talking about it, but they've got to understand what was good about it, what was in it, what was taken out, and and, and deal with those who were responsible uh, for the the uh, the abuse of it. So we'll be in touch and and. and Thank you so much for taking the time this morning to be with us. I appreciate it. Well, thank you again. Always it's a pleasure to uh, be on your show. Um, Sorry we didn't get a chance to do it for Martha's Vineyard again this year. Uh, But we want to make sure that we especially protect our black people uh, from getting uh, COVID-19 and coronavirus because we know the effect it has on them. So I'll just continue to say stay safe and you have my cell phone number whenever you want me on. Just pick up the phone and call. Okay, you can count on it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. We were listening to 
Virgil Madison's show, The Black Eagle, with his guest, Congressman Cedric Richmond. Thank you for listening. Thank you.